Hello everyone, welcome to the Art Creator Theatre Podcast. I'm Nabila Said, former editor of Art Creator, and today I'm joined naturally by Naim Kapadia. Hello everyone. And Matt Lyon. Hello. Hello. Today we're going to be talking about Boob that was presented as part of a Mirage, a platform for pop-up theatre, pub theatre that was done at the Projector Riverside. And Boom, obviously, it's by Jean Tay. It's an old play written in 2008. And this time around, it's directed by Lim Xian Hien, a young director starring Adip Faza, Jorgen Ong and Sharon Ma. So in this play, um, it's basically kind of set within the on block boom of like the early 2000s obviously it's still very relevant um, in terms of like HDB life so we have a mother played by Sharon Ma uh, and her property agent son played by Jorgen who are in this old flat that's slated to undergo a on block exercise and you know the son wants to sell the mother is stubbornly holding on and you know it ties into her relationship with her husband who at the start of the play we think he's like disappeared or something mm. um, and later on we also have have uh, Adip Faza playing a civil servant called Jeremiah who is tasked to help with clearing of a cemetery with one grave that has been kind of marked wrongly and he's trying to figure out who belongs in that cemetery. And supposed to dig them up and uh, cremate them. Yes. So it's all about the use of space in Singapore and breaking things down and building them up and change. So yeah, so it's this three-hander and obviously they play other roles as well, other bit roles. So maybe um, starting with the directing or just the space uh, use. So pop-up theatre, um, that riverside space, it's actually a small room, I would say. Mm, almost like big, a... Is it? like a side room of, of sorts. And how they did it was the audience was kind of like three-sided, right? Sitting on three sides. But the playing space is like a really skinny area in the middle with two kind of spaces at the end. When you say it was three sides, it kind of came across a bit more traverse in practice, mm. didn't it really? Kind of a left-to-right affair rather than a triangular point. Yeah, yeah. It did feel like a like a ten, watching a tennis yeah. match at, tennis a, match, at a certain yeah. point. So most of the action was really kind of at the two sides and then some uh, the, the cemetery scene in particular was in the middle, right? So yeah, maybe... Naim, how did you find the play? Yeah, so I mean, I think for me, it was nice to revisit it. So Boom was staged in 2008 by SRT and then Sightlines Productions did another production in... 2012 and I'm sure there were other smaller productions along the way but I've not seen it since 2012 so Mm. it was nice to revisit the play after 10 years and I think exactly as you said Nabila it still remains very very topical and holds up as you know a very very accurate snapshot of Singaporean life because property is something that people constantly think Mm. about right like you know from getting their first BTO to upgrading and always hankering for a bigger better future so I think it's a very good choice for a young company like this to um, use and I think it also has been done by many student outfits as well. Yeah. It's it's a fantastic platform um, for for young actors. I mean, I did enjoy coming to it. Although having watched it, I am of the view that it would have actually worked better as a sort of a staged reading or maybe even a radio play because mm. I think in this format where you know the two main acting spaces, like a tennis match, mm. moving from one side to another, you don't really get to invest a 
whole amount in the scenes because yeah. also they can't do very much in terms of the set. I mean, there was a, there's a little bit of a chair table and some props to represent the mother's flat. And then again, there's a desk and some papers to represent the civil servant office. But, you know, there isn't a lot more that can be done in a space like this. So a lot of it is, you know, left to the imagination of the audience and really rests on the three performers. Mm. And another thing which is really important in this play for me was this tree, which is in the backyard uh, um, which the father planted when they first moved in, but which became a horrible symbol for Boone because his father chained him to the tree at one point in time. And, and there's this very iconic scene towards the end where he chops down the tree. And, you know, all mm. of this is mimed and you don't see that important symbol of like getting rid of the past, if you like, and moving on. So I think there were compromises that were made in this very stripped-down staging that maybe did not allow the full emotional weight of the play to wash over you. Mm -hmm. uh, but that being said, I think it was still a very commendable evening out. Yeah, I think if you say we have to do Boom with only three actors in a tiny space where they control their own lights, then well done. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's how you do it. The story came across, the characterization came across to me. I thought it was well paced. I was no more bored than I usually am by the slightly overwritten script. And I think that there were a few cuts and they were quite sensible. But does the space really have to be that small? Mm. Because we are talking storage room proportions for each of the three playing areas, right? I mean, the center one was basically a forklift pallet and maybe another, what, half a meter perimeter for that forklift pallet. Yeah. This is not enough space to do blocking. Mm. So there were times when I closed my eyes and, as you said, Naeem, I thought this made a pretty good radio play. And because they had the father and also the corpse's voice done over a recording with a tiny Bluetooth speaker, there was nonetheless some interesting sound design that they put in through that tinny speaker, which, if you'd imagine a proper radio production, might have been quite nice. Mm. But then you open your eyes, and there's no sense of any chase that you can get from the blocking. The characters can't get far away from each other. So then the idea of mm. needing something that is far away and moving towards it as a reconciliation or hating something that is far away and moving towards it as a threat, mm. those are taken away, and they're such vital visuals. And as you say, the tree, in the original production, the moment the tree fell, it was beautifully lit. It was done with, I think, a big fabric drop of some kind. Very important, and you do miss it when it's not there. Mm. I don't know whether like, I would say like this would work better as a radio play or whether we're saying that because in this play we were just not given stage pictures that we could really yeah. invest our emotions into. So, you know, the actors maybe were doing more with like maybe voice and just kind of like using the words as ways to describe a, a picture. I was also thinking about how like uh, the middle space is essentially like the cemetery and maybe they were kind of playing with the idea of like liminal space and things. But mm. if they were, like all these kinds of like maybe more like thoughtful or metaphorical things that they might be doing is completely lost because we are not 
immersed in that space as a world of a play. It's more like we're just looking at things because the room just happens to be there, that room is there, that scene is here, as opposed to looking at movement as something that's being very considered. Yeah. yeah. And I think, honestly, when I look back at that space, I think it would have been perfect for a theatre and the round kind of staging, where you basically have this central space and everyone is sitting around. But what mm. they've done is they've put people on two sides. So you're acting at two ends of the space rather than everyone focused in the middle. And I mean, I'm totally fine with them having this stripped down idea. You don't need to have a huge amount of detail, but I think we still needed to have some solid acting taking place right in front of us for us to kind of create that emotional connection. And it's just difficult to do it when you're just hearing voices and seeing people in your peripheral vision, depending Mm. on where you're sitting. Um, So yeah, um, Nabila, since you've watched a few other productions by A. Miraj, I mean, is this a sort of staging that they've done in other productions? Yeah, so they've done something similar in a previous production I saw called Tapping on Bone mm. um, that was a bit more like poetic and metaphorical and lyrical as opposed to character-driven or something yeah. or issue-based. And they had a similar... I would say that the space was similarly set up, but it kind of worked because all three actors were just kind of in front of you the whole time. So you never had to crane your head and look around people and things. And so that kind of worked. But I think in general with El Mirage, right, they're doing like multiple things. So I think they want to try to cram as many audience members Mm. as they can into the space. It's done on profit sharing basis. So they're trying to, I'm guessing, earn as much as they can with each staging. I think the runs are really long as well. Like they have two week long runs and you know we don't usually have this when we have like, no. proper venues yeah, yeah I think um, it was it went on for te- at least 10 days or something yeah yeah which... I think it played to like 700 audience members which is like really amazing yeah yeah and, and <sighs> yeah because typically like apart from the big companies like when you have you think of Esplanade Studios and all that they go on for 3 days 4 days so exactly. I think a 10 day run is, is really quite impressive it is quite impressive but I kind of like want to go back to what you said or what we were talking about in terms of the actors like switching on lights mm. themselves for me I feel like they're trying to do too much for the platform that they have yeah. so like kind of going for the production value that they can like they're maximising like that aspect at the expense of like the story or at the expense of like the audience's ability to absorb the story in other productions that I've seen at a Mirage like you know there's actors changing costumes and sometimes scene transitions like we'll wait for them to change costumes for the next scene and I feel like with a kind of stripped down theatre thing you have to rely on like your audience members just like imagining the different costume changes or you know even lighting states we don't need to always have blackout especially in a space like that where you can't have total blackout anyway or total silence there was all kinds of noise going on in the background yeah totally so I kind of feel like I do understand what you mean Naeem about stage reading because you know basically like just using the space to its full potential, yeah. which is not trying to emulate a professional, you know, yeah. like pin drop silence kind yeah. of like venue because it's not that kind of venue. I think, I think, and that's where it just was a little bit caught between two worlds for me because it, it kind of wanted to strive to be a full production with lights and sounds and props and everything. But at the same time, it read like it was a black box stage reading mm. to me. So yeah, then naturally you demand more. You want to see the the visuals of the important elements in the play. You want scenes to be given their weight. Mm. But I think that being said, um, I mean, like, look, as I mentioned earlier, like, I appreciated the direction, I think, for mm. a play that, you know, is... V- 
quite long, I think, in its original form. It had yeah. been edited down. And I think, to be fair, the edits were quite decent. I think, like, I personally feel the storyline about the government civil servants has always been a little bit superfluous. Well, I'm- I think especially because that one relies so much on zippy blocking. Mm. you've got to have the sense that this is a high-pressure environment where people go here and go there and do... Because when that director comes in and starts giving orders, I remember seeing a version that had, like, wheelie chairs just Mm. across the stage. and So I think you need that. And they literally can't do it with these tiny areas that you've got. Mm. This whole thing, though, worked surprisingly well for me. I didn't think you'd be able to do it at all with only three actors, but it turns out you can. Mm, I didn't think you'd be able to maintain my interest despite the tiny stagey bits, but, you know, it broadly speaking carried me with it. I was fine with the lights on and off. I just think they tried to cram in too many people, Mm. and if they'd taken away the front two rows, they would have had enough space. Mm. Uh, Shen Hien, my former student, by the way, would have had enough space to block it. Even within the space that was there, it was pretty good. It's just too constrained. Yeah. I think on balance, I do want to say that I appreciate a mirage. It's a very new kind of initiative. Mm. It's mm. like started by really young people, you know, like Theo Chen and all these other actors and directors who are all coming together to do something like purely out of passion and just trying to break even, possibly. And I do feel like uh, in terms of like pub theatre, it's actually something that we are only learning how to do. So I don't fault people for trying to do too much because yeah. I kind of feel like in like London or maybe New York where these things are a bit more common, people have like found a middle ground of what pop theatre can be, what pop-up theatre can be. I think the idea that this play doesn't really break the fourth wall very much makes it a little bit of an odd choice for pop mm. theatre because we're so close. You can't have that usual pretense of a fourth wall. And especially when you stage at Traverse with people either side, of course, you're always turning to include the other side of the audience, turning to include the first side of the audience. And that was very well handled. I can't Mm. imagine anyone in that space feeling excluded, except that it was a bit tennis-y. But since they're always turning to look at you, and since you're so close, probably a script that explicitly talks to the audience a bit more might be a better idea for this kind of setup. Mm. The other one that you saw, was it more along those lines? No. No? Okay. And, yeah. But it worked, nonetheless. It largely worked, I would okay. say. Yeah. yeah. And well. I've watched another play that... Actually, none of them have broken the fourth wall, hmm. actually. So hmm. it'll be so interesting to wrong. see. Interesting. Uh, no, it'll be interesting to see like if, <laughs> if they had one weather. But maybe that's why like Adip Faza felt like he worked... Like he, I felt like he did a really good job. But in his characters, like he could somehow like communicate with the audience a bit more. There is a little bit of it, isn't it? Right, yeah. And I think because of that, he was the character that weirdly because you should really connect to Jorgenong he's Mm. the protagonist yeah but Adib did have that kind of slyly look over at the yeah. audience yes. and, and it worked, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, almost yeah. like the office-y kind yeah. of I, like, I mean, yeah. I think for me, he was definitely the standout of the three performers. And Adib, I think, has tended to do more of directing, directing. and producing. I mean, he's part of the Second Breakfast Company. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for me, that's actually the first time seeing him in a stage performance. And I actually enjoyed his take on Jeremiah, this nerdy civil servant who was tasked with this exhumation of the grave and has to talk to a corpse. And, you know, there's a lot of the jibes about government bureaucracy and everything which kind of still rings very true to an audience member and I think he kind of played it the right way with that slightly unusual almost supernatural encounter Mm -hmm. but it sort of played 
in a slight comedy and it's a nice counterpoint to that quite Realist. earthy family drama that mm. goes on between the mother and the son. So that was nice. Yeah. So I feel like in terms of like the landscape of Singapore theatre, like these kinds of things I really welcome. Especially, I mean, this play was by Jin Tae, yes. but there's also a lot of like original plays that have been put up yeah. as part of a Mirage. I mean, there's two more plays coming and I think they are original plays. The original plays, yeah. yes, yes, oh, actually. Nice. And yeah. um. Just um, to mention, they're putting up a play called Audition by Amita Pagolu from the 24th to 28th of August and Ransom by Eugenia Tan from the 1st to the 5th of September, which is going to be their last two shows because Riverside space is going to close by the end of the year. Yeah. So, yeah, look, I, I think I really appreciated it. I think especially for someone who, you know, tends to go to the typical big venues to watch theatre, I always appreciate like something alternative, mm. um, which you only maybe get during like the fringe festival or something like that so it's nice to see these initiatives coming up especially by smaller outfits because that's one way to bring in new audiences into the theatre and mm. I looked around me I mean when I went on the I think the first or second night it was a very young audience mm. I think probably closer in age to the theatre makers maybe <laughs> very young audience probably a lot of students and I think it's nice to bring them out because also the prices are quite friendly mm. um, you know you're not getting the $70, $80 that you would have to typically fork out for the shows at the big theatre companies you're mm. getting $20 a good two hours of entertainment you're in Clark Key you can go off and enjoy your evening you know it's a nice space a nice alternative activity to let's say watching a, pl a movie or something like that yeah. so you know I think it's nice you bring in a drink there's a bar right outside you can bring in a drink and um, you know um, sit down I think it, there's an informality to the space as well which I really enjoyed and I would like to see something like this continue in another form for sure yeah so I think kudos and yeah, good well job done. actually yeah, well done yeah thank you so much uh, for listening to us um, and all the best for Amiraj and hopefully you all pop up somewhere else in the near future as well so, thank you so much and goodbye bye bye thank you bye